Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Okay, so I take it back, Paul. It's Yeah. Well done. That's what I was saying. <laughs> At first, it's Did clumsy. You that as we're talking? Okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I'm talking about it, and I'm actually putting his argument together like, in my head. I'm oh. like, no, that's genius. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. You may uh, realize that we're jumping into chapter 7, the last three verses in 6. We feel like we've kind of beat that dead horse a few times. Like we've been there, and there's maybe something that the listener, the the viewer can extract, so we invite you to revisit it, but we won't. Yeah, we're going to keep on going. Not because those verses aren't good, we just feel like it would be unnecessarily repetitive. Yes. So... With that said, this episode is going from chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. And now is when we get to repeat ourselves and ask you, (laughs) did you read it? Did you read it? Go and do that right now. We'll wait right here. We'll wait right here. And while you're there, subscribe, like, leave a comment, let us know. um, What is your favorite sandwich? There you go. I'm actually curious if anyone will actually do this. To let us know what their favorite sandwich yeah, is. Yes, that'd be kind of funny to see in the comments. What's your favorite sandwich, guys? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we meet them one day and somebody, we get to buy them a sandwich. Who knows? Gonna, you know somebody's going to be like, dill pickle and asparagus. Oh, goodness. I've heard of people doing pickle and peanut butter. Is yeah, that a that's thing? right. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. That's a thing? Yeah, yeah. I grew up doing um, peanut butter and syrup, maple syrup. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've done, you know, the peanut butter and honey with some banana. Well, we didn't have raw honey, so it was maple syrup. I lived with this Mexican for <laughs> a year. And this is why in the context that matters is because we would do tortillas, fresh tortillas with peanut butter and honey. It was odd, but it was it was really good. It is good. It was like a little dessert, like a savory. Oh, not a savory, but like yeah. I mean, I guess it's that kind of mix. It's just a funny way to start a sentence. I lived with this Mexican 
He was Mexican. He still is Mexican. Yeah. Good friend of mine. Anywho, that's all beside the point. Ten minutes on the clock, as you know, starting in three, two, one. Let's go. So, this picks up with an example I think I used in the last ten minutes. You were talking about relationships. Talking about relationships. You dumped. Yep. Were, actually, were, you didn't give that detail. Were you dumped? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that's yes. I might be trying to protect her. Have oh. you ever considered that? I mean, This is going to be on YouTube. I didn't consider yeah, that. Yeah, all right. Okay, okay. We'll, Let us we'll, go we'll back generous. to the Bible. So, um, if I was speaking to those who know the law, right? So, he's mm-hmm. speaking to those who have a relationship and a knowledge of the things that God has given in his oracles. Mm-hmm. And he's demonstrating how in God giving these oracles, we're actually bound yeah. to what God has spoken. We're bound to the obligations of the law. Yeah. And it's or in- we're sus- suspect to the penalty of the law. Yeah. And it's interesting because what God has spoken, um, that which emerges from it is bound to the power of his word. Yeah. Right? Which is kind of crazy because I remember hearing this in a sermon once. He said, imagine back when Jesus was a kid uh-huh. and they, the phone rings yeah. And uh, they're trying to get a hold of Joseph. But yeah. Jesus is the one who answers the phone. Yeah. Hello, who is it? Hi, yeah. this is so-and-so. I'm trying to reach Joseph. Is yeah. he there? Yeah. And then Jesus, before answering, looks over at Joseph to get a cue. And Joseph's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesus was to say, uh, no, he's not here. Joseph stops to exist. He's he doesn't gone. exist. Yeah. Because his word is reality. It is reality. Right? Would that be crazy? Yeah, it would be crazy. I mean, obviously Jesus would never lie. But like if Jesus But was, that's exactly why Joseph would stop existing because yeah, exactly. it's not a lie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. if, if Jesus were to say the sky is blue, guess what happens? Well, not the sky is blue. The sky is purple. Yeah. You go outside and guess what? It, the sky is purple. The sky is purple. Right? Which then leads to the philosophical question. Is it really that the sky is purple or has the function of our eyes in relationship to light changed? Who knows? Anyway, so as God speaks, um, creation is bound to that which he speaks and so paul makes this connection that the law which god has given all those who come under it are bound by it because the relationship between the creature and law particularly the israelites the jewish people and law is such that god has given it to us you're bound to it right but then his his continued analogy is that there's a married woman that's bound by law to her husband while he lives But if her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she'll be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. So there's these two husbands, right? Or these two men, right? And one of them is the husband. And if the woman tries to marry another one while this other one is still alive and there's no divorce, Uh -uh. that's at least polygamy, Mm -hmm. right? Or bigamy. But (laughs) it's certainly adultery. Correct. Right? So then Paul just ends up saying that, like, listen— the first husband has to die. And when that first husband dies, she's free to marry another. And then he draws this distinction. Likewise, you who know the law, you've actually died to the law through the body of Christ. Right. So it, and I, I think both you and I, maybe because we're limited or at least out of for whatever reason, we actually think the analogy is a little clumsy. <laughs> I remember. I mean, I've gone through this passage multiple times in the uh. recent past and every time i'm just like you couldn't have picked a better illustration like that's just such a bizarre out of left field story to share yeah like, it's just like why did you choose that one and i don't even know that i have the answer but it seems like he's almost anticipating that curiosity because verse four he says okay 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 my dear brothers and sisters this is the point. I think it's like, a- like it wasn't obvious so now this is the point yeah 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 and I, but i think it's a little clumsy 
precisely because there's a depth to it, I think that I've often missed. Yeah. And something that comes to mind is the incarnate Christ. Okay. Right? That the two images you have here of two husbands is Adam 1 and Adam 2. Oh, I just put it together in my head. Okay, right? go. It's Adam 1 and Adam 2 of Romans 5. And then we are bound to one or the other, right? We can't go to Christ while Adam 1 is still alive. So if I'm trying to somehow bridge the gap between both the law yeah. and grace or Adam 1 yeah. and Adam 2, that's not possible. Yeah. The only way that you can make the transition yeah. from that first husband to the second yeah. husband is if you are dead. To one. To the f- exactly. Okay, so I take it back, Paul. It's Yeah. Well done. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> At first, it's Did clumsy. You as we're talking? Okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, I'm talking on it and I'm actually putting his argument together like, in my head. I'm oh, like, no, that's genius, actually. That's right? <laughs> so anytime you see two husbands in in or two men in the scriptures, this is what you gotta be thinking. Like there's certain like trigger yeah, phrases uh, and words that you just gotta realize are are pointing you back to uh, something. Yeah, this is that one, one and, and maybe I feel like that was a rookie mistake. It is because I've held both of these ideas quite literally in front of people with, literal, on, on, yeah. on the stage and but I've made this connection before. I just haven't made this connection while talking about this passage. You've done I it in myself, the previous chapters. I've done it myself while talking about Romans 5. Yeah. Or I've done it myself <laughs> when talking about Romans 10, about believing by faith, yeah. right? Or I've talked I've talked about it in Hebrews, in all places, but here. Except for the one where it's explicitly it's super there. explicit. Like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's so here's what he's saying. It's like adam one right Mm -hmm. the reason we can die to adam one is through christ right it is through him and this jesus came in flesh like adam one and then delivered us by coming and resurrecting in this adam two power in that same way now we can through him die to one resurrect with the other right so we're not bound to this marriage we're now bound to this other marriage and but something interesting that's a part of it is that It then means, at least not that it means, but at least I take it, that the law and our relationship to it and our Adam one was not the design. No. Because if he's freeing us from being under the law, then... That was the first, that was plan A. It, well, no, it's it, it, what it seems. It, it, yeah, it seems so that way. Here, here's the language right here. It's uh, where was it? It says that we're being united. And now verse uh, verse four. So brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one. Like there's this, like this bringing back together. How is there? Uh, uh, how can you be united if there, you weren't intentionally originally there? Oh, this is seven four. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. So in the ESV is that so you may belong to another one, to him who has been raised from the dead, this unite belonging to him, right? Well, I think that that's the intent. The intent has always been to belong to him. That was yeah. the design, mm-hmm. right? Um, from the beginning, Ephesians 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, who predestined us. Right. Right. So that we were predestined to have Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is the mystery of righteousness now being revealed that we were created by him, through him, for him so that we might resemble him in this world. Mm -hmm. But along the way, we lost sight of him. And before he could come back to reveal his glory through his death and righteousness, he gave us the law to tutor us unto righteousness Mm -hmm. so that the law is a tutor. The law wasn't the end itself. The end goal is the righteousness that Jesus Christ brings 
not to continue being under the law. So that the reason we can die and no longer be under the law is because God never spoke the this idea of being under the law as the goal itself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So now we belong to another and the one we belong to is the one we were created to belong to. Yeah. Right? We uh we took a, a detour in the journey and God is finally bringing us back on the path that he had fully intended us for to be on. Yeah, because we weren't designed to live in the flesh. No. No, we were designed to live in spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Or we were we weren't designed to live carnally is the other idea. Yeah. We weren't designed to prioritize the needs of our body first. We were designed to prioritize the needs of righteousness and then everything would actually be in fact added unto us. Yeah. Everything we needed to perform said righteousness. Right. Yep. And so that's what I see here that Paul's finally coming to this conclusion that, listen, while we were in the flesh, our sinful passions, which we weren't designed for, are aroused by the law. So the law was given to increase the trespass in order to highlight our sinful passions that emerged from the flesh that we weren't created for. Right. And that's all being related to the first husband. But now we're released from the law, the first husband having died to that which held us captive so that we might serve in the new way. Now, here's a point that I really want to highlight as we close. Often I've heard that, oh, well, that just simply means that we're no longer under the condemnation of the law. Mm -mm. Can I just offer a correction to those who have taught that, believe that? And the correction is not my words, but it's the words of Paul. Mm -hmm. Listen to very carefully what Paul says. Verse 6, but now we are released from the law. Listen to verse uh, 14 from chapter six. Sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law. Now, don't hear what we're not saying. We're not saying the law is done away with, Mm-mm. but we are saying that we're not under it. Yeah. Uh, the NLT in seven, uh, chapter seven, verse six expands. It says, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Yeah. So that means that not being under the law, and we're about to run out of time. Let it, let it, let it hit. There it is. A little extra. Not being under the law certainly means that we're no longer under its condemnation, but it's not limited to that. It means that my life is not dictated or determined by the commands of the law. Right. right? It's not dictated by the commands that are written down somewhere. And this is going to be rub some of y'all the wrong way. But let me be very emphatic that that which is written down somewhere is not what determines the way I live my life. Because other, because then it's, it's, you're, you're living not from the obedience of the heart, but the obedience of something that's external. And let me, let, me, let me read it the way Paul says it, all right? So I'll say it the way Jonathan says it, and then I'll let Paul say it even better. I'm saying, I don't live my life directed, determined, first and foremost, by what is written down in law books or... Mm-hmm codified somewhere mm-hmm. why look at verse six the second half so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code nlt says now we can serve god not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law but in the new way of living in the spirit yeah and for anybody that has any beef with that go read uh second corinthians 3 for a little while and uh hopefully we're encouraged and we receive spirit life that leads us according to the righteousness that is ours. Let that challenge you for a bit. There's yeah. a difference between obeying the letter of the law and living in the spirit. Yeah. That's in the text. And in the next 10 minutes, we'll be continuing that journey. Let's do it. See ya.